Good morning, Colorado. You're listening to The Daily Sun Up with the Colorado Sun. It's Monday, October 23rd. Today, we're catching up with Sun reporter Tracy Ross about a new study that looks into the effectiveness of backcountry avalanche training and awareness. Before we begin, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Pinnacle Assurance, Colorado's leading workers' compensation provider. Right now, Pinnacle Assurance is offering enhanced nationwide coverage to protect businesses as they grow. From a storefront in Pueblo with a new location in Arizona to a florist in Boulder with a greenhouse in Oklahoma, Pinnacle goes where businesses grow. Now, let's go back in time with some Colorado history. On this date in 2004, construction began on a replica of Fort Lupton, a fur trading post in southeastern Weld County. The original was established in 1836 by Lieutenant Lancaster Lupton, who was inspired by the success of Bent's Fort. Situated on the Trapper's Trail, Lupton's post thrived by trading goods with local tribes and trappers. Its success led to the rise of nearby forts. By 1845, as the fur trade declined, the post was forced to close. Though the original fort decayed, a town was founded nearby in 1882, taking its name. Inspired by a descendant's visit in 1987, the replica was completed in 2011 to help showcase the area's history. Before we continue, another quick message. Do you or anyone you know have questions about Medicare as open enrollment begins? Join the Colorado Sun virtually on November 2nd as health reporter John Ingold speaks with panelists about everything you need to know about Medicare and helping select the right plan. The event is free, virtual, and open to the public. RSVP today and submit your questions for panelists by visiting coloradosun.com events. Next, our feature story. Thanks for tuning in today, everyone. I'm David Krause, one of the editors here at the Colorado Sun. And joining me today to chat some ski season stuff and more specifically some avalanche awareness and education getting into the winter season is Colorado Sun reporter Tracy Ross coming to us from her sweet pad in up in Netherlands. Hey, Tracy, how's your day going? It's good. It's weird because it's really warm and we're talking about ski stuff and it was like supposed to snow next week and now I hear it's not going to. So typical Colorado start to the winter. Hey, but Tracy, really, is it ever too soon to talk about ski season? I start talking about it the day to live front, right? So, yeah. Uh, hey, you are you are reporting on a survey um, this week about backcountry skiers and kind of some avalanche awareness, um, and you know that's become such a, a bigger focus, especially with a lot more people going out. Um, so, I want to kind of see what you learn from this study going around. But before we do that, Tracy, I know uh, you are a big skier. I'm a big boarder. I prefer to stay inside the ropes uh, at this time in my snowboarding uh, life. But you enjoy the, you know, on the outside of the ropes going into the backcountry. You've taken a lot of these uh, avalanche awareness classes, Tracy, for a lot of us who haven't. um, Can you kind of break down what they talk about in these classes? Yeah, I mean, I think things have sort of stayed the same and changed over time. Um, But the first one of these classes I did personally was way back in like 2001 with Babes in the Backcountry. I was living in Grand County and I was skiing at Bertha Pass a lot. And that class and, and some of the other ones that I've done since then focus specifically on uh, avalanche safety. So it was how to use a beacon how to transmit, how to find people. 
if someone gets caught in an avalanche, the steps that you take to get to that person as quickly as possible, how to use a probe to find them, how to get them out with a shovel, you know, as fast as you can. So that's kind of like one side of the AVI education piece. And in that piece also, they go into, you know, how how to make the no go or no go decision. So based on what like the Colorado Avalanche Information Center um, report would be the avalanche report for that day and the once few previous days looking at weather patterns and then learning how to judge like slope angle and aspect and all these different things that take a lot of practice for people to get comfortable with. Um, But that's, you know, basically a level one avalanche class, avi education class. And then I've also taken a really interesting class up at Jones Pass um, with a guy named Eric Toland. Um, It's called the Backcountry Workshop. And that was a lot more of going out into the backcountry in small groups with an educator and the groups deciding where they they were going to ski and making the decisions and then having the educator kind of in the background guiding it a little bit. But you were doing the decision making and then they were weighing in on whether it was a good decision or bad decision. So there's tons and tons of Abbey, cla- Abbey classes out now because there's been such a surge of people wanting to get into the backcountry. So we've had these Abbey classes now for a few decades and they kind of change. Um, there is a group at Eastern Oregon University who uh, did a study on people who went to these classes, right? And you, you've got the report, um, you know, first... Tracy, tell people kind of how that report came about, how you got clued into it, and um, you're reporting on it later this week, but what have you gleaned from that report so far? So the report was instigated by the American Institute for Avalanche Research and Education, ARI. They're a Telluride-based company, or nonprofit, I think they're a nonprofit, and they basically reached out to uh, Eastern Oregon University to help them do this really formal and statistically significant study because nothing like it had been done before. And the point of the study was, so ARI created an avalanche education curriculum. And then there are providers all over the country who use their curriculum to teach these classes. And those providers in Colorado include like the Colorado Mountain Club, Colorado Mountain School. Um, I was told that Air Force Academy uses it. Um, and then just guides in, in, at different outfitters, let's say, like Irwin or um, Eleven Experience. But what Ari wanted to try to find out was, were the classes doing the job that they thought they were doing? So were the educators of these classes teaching the students the things that Ari thought the students were learning? And because there's never been a study done like this before. And one of the kind of issues with avalanche education is you get professionals in that world. So you get ski guides, for instance, but they're not professional educators. So Ari wanted to look at, okay, 
is the education getting across? And so they basically did, I think it was like an ad- sort of advanced survey. It wasn't just a basic survey, like, yes, no, that kind. It was like a more in-depth survey of 1,700 students who had gone through one of the airy classes. And then they use that information to extrapolate, okay, what exactly are they taking away from these classes and how are they using the information in the backcountry? And then, you know, looking at, okay, is it making it safer? Are these classes actually teaching the people what they need to know to go into the backcountry safely? And it's it's cool because they just presented yeah, it at the at ISSW, the Inter- International Snow Science Workshop which is like the biggest gathering of snow science people every year. And this is going to be peer reviewed, the study. And then it's going to, you know, then they're going to use the study to improve upon what they already do. You, you've gleaned some of that information. Um, you and I have talked about this in the past, um, just in our casual conversations, but we're seeing more people we know, especially since the pandemic, right? More people took up uphilling. Um, we know more people are getting out of the backcountry. So the correlation, Tracy, is there something that they're saying? Well, these classes are having a positive effect in some fashion because of this, um, because we know more people are going back there. Kind of what is that correlation to the big influx and then the number of avalanche classes? Um, that are available, right? Because more people are taking those classes. So kind of what does that look like? Well, it's sort of interesting. Like the data, you know, says that over the past couple of years, I've been this like huge increase in sales of backcountry skiing and snowboarding equipment. But, and I got some some data from um, SIA, the Snow Sports Industries of America. Is that what it is? SIA. Um, and there, you know, they sent me numbers just of people buying skis, skins, um, you know, backpacks, stuff like that, not specifically breaking out avalanche safety gear. And so it would appear from the number of skis and stuff sold that all these people are going into the backcountry. And if that is the case, the fact that there haven't been a lot more avalanche fatalities in that same period of time is would just be like insanely amazing because we have had an increase in avalanche fatalities. But when you compare the two, it's, you know, you've got all these people going out there and, and you would think that there would be a ton more avalanches or a ton more people caught in avalanches and there haven't been. And there haven't been a ton more fatalities. And so my um, friend, Billy Rankin, who's been a guide for like 30 years, we were discussing this and he said that it may not, you, you know, you got to think about it a little deeper in the sense that there are probably a significant number of people who are buying that equipment just to go uphill at the resort. So they may not count into the group of people who are going into the backcountry and taking avalanche classes and, you know, really pushing it. And then the other thing that I heard from Liz Riggs Mater, who's the direct director of education programs at Aerie, who's basically behind this study. She said that 
it's starting to kind of seem to them that people are not going out and taking like extreme risks. Like they're not going out and wanting to ski the steepest lines. They're going out just because they want to be out there and they're being cautious and they may not even be skiing, you know, the 30 degree slope. They might not be pushing it any more than 28 degrees, which is, you know, essentially a safe angle to ski in the backcountry with a bunch of other factors going in, going into it for to go out and ski in avalanche country. Um, And I thought that was interesting. Like you think if you watch ski movies that everybody's going out to ski the steepest line and everybody's aggro and da da da. I don't think that's the case. I think there's a lot of beginner backcountry skiers and snowboarders in Colorado and all over. And it seems like people are taking pretty small steps and being cautious as they're going out in the backcountry and using this education that they get from the providers who use Aries curriculum in a good way. And that's what the study showed, too, is that they're actually using it, putting it into practice, like checking avalanche reports, everybody get to the trailhead, checking each other's beacons, make sure making sure they're transmitting, like doing the things that you need to do to stay safe. And then the feeling is they're probably not pushing it that hard in terms of terrain. Yeah, I think, you know, the education aspect of avalanches is is always crazy important, but I think there is a bigger awareness now, right, among people who go into the backcountry and do understand the... Um, fickleness for lack of a better word of nature because we've seen some horrible accidents with some really smart people um that have been killed in avalanches in the weirdest time of year so i think i think that's really interesting last thing tracy for today do they think this this study will help them fine-tune that curriculum that they're trying to go to or what do they see perhaps if anything, changing in how they present some of this uh, material. Well, that I mean, that's the whole goal, right, is to make better instructors because the curriculum is solid and they might, you know, be tweaking it here and there. But what they want, what they're trying to do is to improve the education, the teaching aspect. And um, Liz told me that, you know, based on this information, they will go back and they'll tweak things. And they're going to try to put more emphasis on training of instructors. Um, But then she also said something that I thought was really interesting, that she hopes and believes that in the future, once this study comes out, it's going to be peer reviewed. Once it's out and, you know, before the general public, she thinks that other scientists are going to potentially use this information because it's about resiliency, it's about risk taking, risk management, um, decision making in risky situations, and apply it to other things that they're studying, like climate resilience and stuff like that. So she thinks it's going to legitimize um, this little niche industry of avalanche education. It's already very legitimized in a lot of places, but bring it out in a, in a different way, in a bigger way, where other scientists can use it, which is seems super cool to me. Tracy, always good stuff to be thinking about. And I love the approach that you're taking and certainly trying to 
understand what this study will mean going forward. So look for that story coming at the Colorado Sun later this week. Uh, I want to thank everybody for listening in again today. If you want to read more about the awesome Colorado outdoors, I encourage you to go to coloradosun.com. Go up to the top of the page. We have a special outdoors page, uh, a special outdoors tab up there. And also, you can sign up for our weekly outsider newsletter. Comes out every Thursday, gets you ready for the weekend to be outside. You can check that out at coloradosun.com slash outsider. Tracy, thanks for making time today and uh, have a great week. Yeah, thank you. Have a great week, too. You can read more at coloradosun.com. Finally, here are a few stories that you should know about today. Efforts to expand access to the outdoors continue to grow in Colorado as outdoor equity groups find new sources of funding and receive more recognition for leading those initiatives. But many of the groups are concentrated on the front range. That means people in rural areas who are interested in getting involved struggle to access outdoor equity programs because they don't live in a major city. Colorado Parks and Wildlife is among the groups looking to help and sent $3.1 million to nearly 70 organizations across the state working on increasing equity in the outdoors. The plugs in old oil and gas wells across most of Colorado are doing their job preventing methane from escaping into the atmosphere. But according to a Colorado State University study, Adams County is the exception, with several super-emitting wells. Adams County had three wells with massive emissions, the largest emitting 165 pounds of methane per hour. That is 142% more than the average in the state. The average methane emissions for the county were 1,240 grams per hour, compared with an average for the rest of the counties surveyed of 32.5 grams an hour. U.S. Representative Ken Buck is being evicted from his main Colorado office, where his landlord is a company run by a major GOP donor. The Republican congressman from Windsor said late last week the eviction is part of the fallout from his refusal to support Ohio Republican Jim Jordan's bid to become House Speaker. Buck also said he has received four death threats. His main office is in Windsor's Water Valley subdivision, and the building is owned by one of developer Martin Lind's companies. Lind has donated thousands of dollars to prominent Republicans through the years. For more information on all of these stories, visit our website, coloradosun.com. And don't forget to tune in again next time. Now, a quick message from our editor. I'm Larry Rickman, editor and co-founder of The Colorado Sun. The Sun is a public benefit corporation, and we rely on the support of listeners and readers like you to produce the nonpartisan, in-depth news that Colorado needs and deserves. Please consider becoming a Sun member for just $5 a month. Learn more at coloradosun.com. Thanks.